The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Schmozone Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Fusion CBD products. Some of the best CBD on the market. I love Fusion CBD products. We sip on their CBD sports water every podcast. They have their cardio energy mix. They have their CBD intense relief rub. They have their CBD oil. I pop that into the coffee in the morning. I love it. It's great. Check it out. Use the promo code SCHMO. Get 20% off. You will not be disappointed. It's going to help your recovery. This episode is also brought to you by Egg Weights. I love using Egg Weights. They're the only hand weights in the world that conform to your body's natural motion. Use these things for shadow boxing, for all your different types of workouts. They have half pounds all the way up to two pounds. Look, if you're looking to improve the speed for your hand movements when you want to get into the gym, use these. So much better than normal hand weights. I love these. These are my custom Schmo ones. Uh, Two pounds, they have up to that. You can use those for power. They have their bundles. Check them out. Use the promo code SCHMO10 to get 10% off. It's a great holiday gift. Gyms are closing. You can work out at home. You can work out at the park. Use your egg weights. They have an amazing case right here. Check it out. Go to eggweights.com. Promo code SCHMO10, 10% off. Let's start this show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Schmozone podcast. This is episode number 45. I'm Dave Schmolenson, a.k.a. The Schmo. My co-host is... Helen Esports. And you're feeling festive because we are getting close to Christmas. We are, yeah. I, um, you know, I woke up this morning, felt like drinking the uh, latte, right? Caramel lattes, just feeling in the moment, in the vibes. You were in the schmoment. Yes. We, we went through the Starbucks drive-thru this morning. We normally don't ever go through Starbucks. We always brew our own coffee, but it was a festive morning this morning, huh? Yeah. You know, sometimes you just feel like holding one of those cups when it's cold outside, and you're like, you know what? I feel warmer instantly. Yeah, we say cold outside. We're in Las Vegas. What is that, 50-something degrees? Is it really that cold? Yeah, the high today is 66. The low is 43. We are blessed we to live in the we southwest. Are. This is this isn't cold. Like this is a spring or early summer day in the uh, Midwest where I grew up. Yeah, what was that like in the winter? Because I'm not used to like even seeing snow. If it's snowing here, you know it's one of those rare days. So I remember I would wake up super early in the morning. This is like the routine senior year of high school. I would um, When I would drive to school or park it uh, at the parking lot or whatever, so my Jeep would be out on the driveway. You had a I, Jeep? I had a Jeep because you need four-wheel drive to, to oh, drive through the cool. winters. Yeah, so I, uh, if I did not spray the windshield overnight, um, it would be so hard to get the frost and, and the ice off the windshield in the morning, especially on the colder mornings in the winter. So I'd have to spray the windshield overnight. So when I defrosted the windows, the ice would melt easier in the morning. So I'd wake up in the morning, 
so the night before, let me preface this. The night before, I'd make sure I spray the windshield. Uh, just some stuff. I, I forgot the name of it. Whatever. A spray. <laughs> windshield uh, spray. You know, you can get it at your Pep Boys or local yeah. uh, auto store. And then in the morning, I'd wake up. I'd crawl out of bed. I'd start the car. I'd go and then back inside. I'd take a shower, fall asleep in the shower, make breakfast. By the time I was ready to go back in the car 15, 20 minutes from that time, 25 minutes from that time, the car would finally be warm. Start the car. I'd scrape the, scrape the remaining ice off the, the, the windshields that, or the windows that I couldn't get to um, that, that weren't defrosted by the time of being heated from the car, and uh, I'd drive to school. Did you guys have a lot of snow days? There was a few. Uh, you'd be lucky if you get one or two a year, but um, I probably had at least half a dozen snow days in my lifetime growing up. So where it's like you just can't drive or... Basically, yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, The common misconception, I think, with snow days was that you just can't get there because of the amount of snow. Yeah. It's just that the buses that leave in the morning, they leave at like 4, 4.30 a.m. in the morning. There's too much ice for them to get out of the the structure to get them out of the the building, so they can't go on the routes. And then also the streets might not be plowed in time. There's not enough salt on the ground for traction for the wheels. I don't know for anyone who doesn't live in a colder climate listening to this podcast, this could be completely foreign. But if you're on the East Coast or in the Midwest, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm West Coast, Vegas born and raised. So this 43 degrees this morning. You know this is cold to me like i said this is a spring or a brisk fall uh, early fall day in the midwest this is nothing this is beautiful weather to me but then again in the summertime when it's 120 here or it gets up to 120 i don't think it did it hit 120 in the summer i don't know it feels that way yeah you, it felt like it but i love it you can fry an egg on the pavement here on those hot days i love those days yes my favorite yes so uh, this is episode 45 of the schmo zone podcast if i didn't say that already for those tuning in our guest today is going to be the one and only Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He will be coming in here shortly later in the show, so stay tuned for that. He's going to be the new headline of the December 19th fight card against Jeff Neal here, UFC Vegas 17, the last fight card of the year. I can't believe it. It's already almost mid-December, like he said, almost holiday time, and we've been kind of in this thing this pandemic for a year yes almost and uh man 2020 it seems like it's you know come and gone pretty quickly i just remember how excited we were for the upcoming year 2020 2020 vision everyone was excited i even wrote it on our whiteboard at home yeah and uh we've been able to plug through and we're coming up to the end here less than a month left of 2020 well the schmo zone this podcast We started this in 2020, so thank you so much to all the listeners, all the fans. For those who sport a Schmozone t-shirt, which you could check out at theschmozone.com, thank you so much for your continued support, and of course, to those who are listening right now. Of course. We appreciate that, everybody. Check it out if you haven't already. So let's uh, recap. We were at some fights, UFC Vegas 16 this past week. Where Jack Hermanson lost to Marvin Vittori. Yeah, Marvin, he he looked great. I mean, in the first round, right? Didn't a lot of people think the fight was going to end? 
I definitely did too. I thought they could have stopped it in the first round, but man, Jack Herm- Hermanson is extremely tough and durable. That guy oh, just doesn't yeah. quit. Props to him. And he would get stronger as time would progress throughout the fight, but he just didn't have enough. You know, I think they scored one round for uh, Jack in the third round that was, but you know, Marvin won four four rounds to one. And you even brought this up to me after the fight. It's like Marvin Vittori has been ranked number 13. And yes. it's been very hard for him to get one of those top contenders, uh, top fights, top 10 fighters to match up with him. And he's been calling them out for, it seems like, a little over a year now. And in a matter of, let's say, a couple of weeks, his life's completely turned around because now he's got the victory over a top, fi- top five guy. Back in the rankings here, he's climbed up and he's a contender. He's exactly where he said he should be. Yeah, and... Like you said, that's what I told you after the fight where I just felt like he's where he should have been this whole time. I feel, yeah, I mean, it was probably because, you know, not being able to uh, get someone maybe higher in the rankings to um, get those fights. Because right now, I know you love looking at the UFC rankings, especially after you know, a fight weekend. They haven't updated it yet, unfortunately. So Marvin's still ranked number 13. But even like looking at these current rankings, like where he's at right now, it's like number 12 is Omari. Number 11, Edmund Shabazian. Number 10, Chris Weidman. Nine, Uriah Hall. Eight, Kelvin Gastelum. Seven, Derek Brunson. Six, Darren Till. Five, Yoel Romero, who we'll talk about momentarily, who is no longer with the UFC. Then four, Jack Hermanson, who he beat. Then third, Jared Cannonier, Paulo Costa, Robert Whitaker, and of course the champ Izzy. But just looking at that and the guys that are that were at least uh, ranked before him. Yeah, he's definitely going to soar in the rankings. And one thing that I think is always overlooked is his teammates, Calvin Gaslam. They yes. train in Huntington Beach. They train train out of Kings MMA. Coach Rafael Cordero was in the corner of the legend Mike Tyson a week before Marvin's fight. So he goes from Mike Tyson to Marvin Vittori. <laughs> Two headline events, two back-to-backs, and I think that's pressure that's not talked about. I brought up in the interview with Marvin, hey, uh, the schmo did rather, you got Coach Rafael Cordero cornering you after the legend. Is that some added pressure there? You got to come away with a victory, man. You got to keep riding those highs, and he certainly did that, but uh, he's got a top 10 guy to train with and Calvin Gaslam and Gaslam his most recent opponent was Jack in Fight Island we were there for that fight so it's like he trains with Calvin so it wasn't another first look I know he's been on the same fight cards as Jack and other promotions before the UFC but he's helped Calvin train for him specifically he's helped Calvin train for these top 10 guys continuously he's there right there in the gym with him he's got such an amazing sparring partner all the time it was only a matter of time for him to get his shine and here we are I know and I have to say like I'm happy for him to finally just be you know where I feel where he's belonged this whole time because let's not forget too a lot of people argue that did he give Israel? The toughest challenge, right? A couple years ago, back in 2018, April. And now Izzy's situation, going up to 205, fighting Jan Blahovich. He's already beaten Paulo Costa, Mm -hmm. Robert Whitaker, the two guys that are in the top five. Yoel. Yoel, who's currently in the top five based on the rankings, even though he's now out of the UFC. (laughs) Until they update. So, you know, he gives himself a, a great opportunity to step in there for 
potential title fight or one fight away from that title fight. So you just brought up his name, Yoel Romero. That might be a good segue into talking about him real quick. Yeah. Were you surprised? Yeah. I mean, look, I know Dana and he even brought this up at the most recent press conference. You know, this is a young man's game, a young man's sport. And Yoel's going up there in age. No one. Do we really know his age? Is he 44? Is he 46? Is he 42? (laughs) Is he in his 40s? Yes. We just don't know. Maybe the exact age. But look, you know, he's obviously lost his most recent fights. Wasn't like, oh, he brutally lost. They were close fights to an Against extent. Against Izzy, Paulo, Robert. Yeah, some more entertaining than others, certainly. But he is in there. He's still dangerous. Oh, yeah. If he fights some of these younger guys, the Edmund Shabazians, like, who's going to win that fight? You know, it's hard to bet against Yoel Romero. Yeah. It's an interesting it's time. Tough. It's a I certainly think he's valuable, but what's more interesting is that I think the PFL and, and Bellator, Bellator are not, not interested in him. No, bare knuckle is, but I'm I'm surprised that they're not interested in Yoel. But the PFL took Verdum, but they are not taking Yoel. I mean, it it we'll see we'll see how long that lasts. But I certainly think Yoel Romero can still fight. He's still marketable. A million percent. And it's not like he's been getting knocked out. You know, it's like his past three losses. I know he's lost three in a row, but they were all decisions. And it was by what? When he fought Robert, it was the champ at the time. Fought Izzy, him twice. The champ. Yeah. Two Paulo, great fights with yeah, Robert. And Paulo was like, what? The number one ranked contender. It's like the top guys. And they went to decision. And UFC 241 where he fought Paulo. Um that was uh, a really fight close fight. Yeah. That was a really close fight. Exactly. So yeah, I think he'll land on his feet. Um he's entertaining as hell. I mean, look, the the highest grossing views uh YouTube video I have to I date is with Yo- Yoel La Candela. <laughs> he's really funny too. I know great personality. He well, he tried to teach me how to salsa dance and might I add I cannot dance. I think we've spoken about this before. Yeah. So I think it was after Yoel, that Yoel interview, I readdressed that. I can't dance. Yeah. So, but he tried to teach you salsa dance or did he just go like, I think he just started singing. started singing and dancing and moving. And then it was in the moment we were there at the Super <laughs> Bowl, so Radio funny. Row, and it just happened. I loved it. It worked out that way. That was so fun. It was a great time. So another topic of interest in the world of combat sports, not particularly MMA, but boxing. There's a lot of boxing news going on these days, a lot of different uh, avenues we can take. We can talk about the YouTube side, or we could talk about the big title fight, the Anthony Joshua yeah. uh, Kubrat Pulev, which was it also last year where you did the Schmo versus the Pro Against Kubrat Pula? Taking body shots from the guy that's going to be fighting for a lot of the belts against Anthony Joshua. This guy could literally get in the equation and ruin the potential showdown between Tyson Ferry and Anthony Joshua if he gets the victory. The first champion from Bulgaria. The first Bulgarian heavyweight boxing champion ever. That's what he's going for. He's got a country on his back. Well, you've been in the ring with him. What's he like? I've been saying. in the ring or with the him. Or the been Schmo's in the been ring. in the ring with him, taking a couple of his body shots that I'm sure were not at 100%, but they were over 50%. And uh, 
Guy's an animal. He's a monster. He's a big boy. Um, I don't know if he's got the same athleticism that Joshua has, but I know he certainly has the power, if not a greater power than him. I also do have to address the, is it the white elephant in the room? What's the white elephant in the room? <laughs> I still get it till this day, which pisses me yeah, off, like really bad. I know you're, you're angry because I'm about to rant. But ever since, I don't know, that one video, like, look, I, I just mentioned I do not dance. So I definitely do not know how to lap dance, even ask the schmo. I'm just kidding. But um, it's just really annoying when people keep saying that, oh, are you that girl that was dancing on him or whatever? And look, I've gone to the point where I'm just like, okay, trolls will be trolls, whatever. But that's like really annoying because it's not even my personality yeah so there's a different asian girl older asian girl yeah and, then people and think it was it's you. not me and they're like oh is she that was she the lap dancer no like look you don't want to see me dance yeah i can't <laughs> that's true or sing yeah and anyone yeah. that uh literally knows who we are and follows our stuff and just does like a youtube search to see our history of who we've interviewed we both interviewed kubrat a couple of times and yeah. uh Never kissed him. Sorry. Only Don't had, know what it's like. Only had fun with that. But man, do you think uh, he gets it done against Joshua? I think it'll be a good fight. She, don't, she doesn't <laughs> want to make a prediction right here. Well, you know, I maybe behind the scenes, I'll, I'll tell you my prediction. Okay. She don't want to tell the fans. There it is. <laughs> What's your prediction? If you're putting me on the spot like that. Fine. I'll put you on the spot. I think Anthony Joshua gets it done. But I hope I'm yeah. wrong because I think we could create some more content with Pulev <laughs> if I'm wrong. But I don't care either way because I think uh, they're going to be good fights. I think they will for sure. But Kubrat Pulev putting a monkey wrench in that story makes things very interesting because then Tyson Fury, what does he do next? Because that might open the door for the Wilder 3 fight. Because literally, obviously, there's bickering back and forth. Deontay Wilder said a lot of different things to him in regards to uh, cheating, about mm -hmm. the scandal, about potentially putting these egg weights. They talked about our oh, sponsor right true. here. Egg weights. Did he have <laughs> egg weights in the glove? I don't know. I don't know. I highly doubt it. Uh, but he accused him of cheating and stuff like that. So then why does Tyson Fury want to do that rematch? But guess what? He's been holding out for the big payday, the showdown of the UK, the best fighter in the world. And is it out of the UK? And hey, if, if Joshua loses... I think all signs point to having the Wilder fight the third time. Well, I'm actually glad you bring this up because then I think about, you know, those big fights being made or not being made, right? Because then I think about also this past weekend, Danny Garcia, Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford. Who in, didn't in the go in the ring? Yeah, but that's my point. So I don't know why I just thought of, you know, those big fights being made or not being made because then we look and then it's like what leads to in boxing like a Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. Yeah, well, you know? I think what leads to that and that's a really good point is we're seeing this now because we're not getting the best fights. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I know he's a top ranked guy and we're going to get to this really really soon because i mentioned that our guest today is the number five ranked welterweight in the world 
the nicest motherfucker in the world. Yes, I will he swear. Said it. It's worth it. <laughs> He's worth it. He's headlining the December 19th fight card, the last fight card of the year for the UFC against Jeff Neal. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, thanks for joining us. Anytime, my friend. Are you kidding? I'm so glad to be here. It's been a while, man. It's been a while since we chatted. It has, and this is the first time we're chatting with me being out of character. This is your first time on the Schmozone podcast. Hey, man, it's a pleasure and it's an honor. I appreciate you having me on. Of course, man. We appreciate you making the time. You got a huge fight coming up. I know you're training. Um, I know you wanted to get one in here before the end of the year. It's Jeff Neal. Uh, Right off the bat, man, uh, I know you're headlining the card. Did you expect to headline the card when you found out that the Chimaev uh, fight was called off against Leon Edwards? Um, I I kind of figured that they were going to maybe put somebody in to fight uh, Hamzat just because, you know, he's on a, he's just not, you know, with, with the UFC. Um, but when I, whenever I fight, whenever I train for three, five minute round fights, I always train those championship rounds. You know, if I'm sparring, doing back work or mid work, always doing five fives. So I was prepared to move up, um, which I'm glad they did. You know, I think this is going to be a great fight. Jeff Neal super tough and it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be fireworks for sure. Do they give you a little extra money now from going to three to five rounds for being the headline <laughs> fight? Do you get some more money in the bank account? I think so. I, I mean, I, I hopefully, hopefully they'll they'll pay us. You know, moving up for, to to the main event for sure, man. Uh, but this is not this is not new for me to move. You know, to do the five fives and headline and headline some 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 fights. And as you know, so this is something that I'm used to doing. Um, and I think Jeff Neal's an intelligent guy. I think he's prepared for five fives as well. So I'm I'm looking to step out there and fight against the best Jeff Neal uh, ever. And that's uh, mentally, that's what I prepare for. Well, speaking of Jeff Neal, he has been undefeated since being in the UFC. Just kind of curious to think, uh, get your thoughts on how you guys kind of match up stylistically as well. Well, <clears throat> both strikers for sure. I think he's got more of a boxing style. Um, I like to switch sides, you know, my hands down. Everybody knows kind of the, how I fight. A lot of kicks. Jeff Neal, um, he's got kicks too. Been knocking some dudes out with head kicks. I, you know, he almost knocked out. He staggered and uh, uh, Mike Perry. Um, he knocked out some other guy. I forgot his name. Completely cold with that with a head kick. So that's another element to his game that I have to that I have to prepare for. Um, I've also seen some wrestling skills from him too. So that's what makes this game so fun for me. Um, you know, I like going out there and trying to figure out my opponent. And sometimes you got to do that in the octagon. You know, there's only so much you can get out of watching film. And I got to be able to go out there mid-fight and be able to adapt to him if he wants to take the fight to the ground. So I'm prepared for wherever it goes. If he wants to keep it standing, if he wants to get me to the ground, um, I'm ready for it. Wonderboy, I wanted to ask you this question. You have some huge victories so far in your UFC career and in your kickboxing career too, I might add, but who would you say has been the biggest victory so far in your career? Has it been a Masvidal? Has it been a Vicente Luque, your most recent fight, a Rory McDonald, a Robert Whitaker? Who would you say, I guess maybe someone who's not there, who would you say has been your biggest win so far in your career? I think what's, what made the, the biggest jump for me was when I defeated Johnny Hendricks in the first round. Um, one of the scariest fighters that I had to prepare for just because, you know, you know, the Johnny Hendricks that we're all used to seeing great wrestling and it can knock you out with one punch. So preparing for him 
it was very nerve wracking. But at the same time, it, no, not taking anything away from him, it was fairly easy just because you've seen him fight once, you've seen him fight a hundred times. He doesn't change. Guys like Jeff Neal, um, and I faced guys like him in the past, like Rory McDonald, who are good everywhere. Um, you know, a little bit harder to prepare for, you know, but that that makes it more exciting for me. But I think it was Johnny Hendricks for sure. And then and then it was Rory McDonald because he was the prospect. He he should have been the welterweight champion at the time because he was just very good everywhere. Phenomenal jujitsu, good wrestling. I mean, he trained with George St. Pierre since he was a kid. So um, I would say either Johnny Hendricks or, or uh, Rory McDonald. And you've been successful in this sport for such a long time. What do you credit to your longevity and being able to remain at the highest level for such a long time? I, I think it's on, number one, I, I keep a small circle of people around me, you know, good teammates, good coaches. Obviously, my father is is a, a part of my camp. He's my main coach. Um, good, positive people around you, you know, that you know, in your ups and downs, you know, you win fights, you lose, you lose fights. They're there to, to, you know, keep that positivity going and, and bring you back up. Uh, number two, I think it's how you train. I think, uh, you know, I'm 37, I'll be 38 in February, not the oldest guy in the division, but I've been fighting since I was 15 years old. And, uh, I still feel, I still feel great. I feel like I'm 25 years old. Um, I've been to many gyms, MMA gyms, and I've actually, you know, got my gear out ready to spar and looked out on the mat and saw how they spar. And I took my gear off and I left. Um, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, train well, you can't condition your brain for one, you can condition your body, but you can't condition your brain. And a lot of these gyms go out there and try and knock each other out. Every time they step out in the, you know, for a sparring match, it's a full on fight. And, you know, you, you, the longevity there is, you know, several years at the most if you're if that's the way you train for us we pad up man i wear 18 ounce gloves we pad up headgear shin pads knee pads forearm pads we always keep a light to the head of course accidents happen but we have we have a lot of respect for each other and in big mma gyms like that there's a lot of egos there's a lot of people who are just about themselves and and um want to prove something at our school here we got great guys we have high level guys come through every day and you know one of the things that we do is we we have a saying, you know, leave your ego at the door. And, uh, you know, it's all respect. We, we go out there, we train hard, we spar, and we laugh about it, and uh, we learn from each other. So uh, I think that has a big part in why I'm still going the way I'm going. And, you, and you're such a nice guy. You're willing to learn. Your brother-in-law, Chris Weidman, former UFC middleweight champion, decorated wrestler, uh, able to learn from that side of things, too. So I'm sure you guys are able to help each other a lot. And I know he most recently, uh, a few months ago, he moved mm -hmm. from uh, New York down to the Carolinas. Yes. So he's closer to closer to you. Yeah. How's he's he adjusting? <laughs> Is he enjoying it? He loves it. He loves it, man. He said, I wish I came down here years ago. You know, he lives in a place called um, Fort Mill, which is about an hour and a half away from where we are. It's kind of in between Charlotte and us. He's got a family in Charlotte and family here in, in, in Greenville. So he kind of wanted to be in, in an in-between spot, you know, so he's able to go see both. But, yeah, he was here last week. He'll be here tomorrow to help me, um, you know, get ready for the Jeff Neal fight. We got some touch sparring and some drilling we're going to do. Uh, Chris Wyman is one of the best wrestlers, I think, in the UFC. Uh, you know, he's a three-time All-American. 
a very, very strong opponent. And me knowing that Jeff Neal's a strong opponent, he's a strong welterweight. I mean, just look at Jeff Neal, you know he's a strong guy. And he can put you away with one punch. <clears throat> I need, you know, I needed somebody like Chris Wyman uh, in my camp. And he's helped me get to where I am today, especially facing off against these good wrestlers, such as Jake Yellenberger and, um, you know, Johnny Hendricks and Roy McDonald and Tyron Woodley. Um, we met actually for his first fight with Anderson Silva and um, been a part of his camps ever since. And he's been a part of mine. And next thing you know, he's family. He, my brother ended up marrying his sister. So <clears throat> they have two kids together. Uh, it's funny how things work, man, in, the, in this in this game, which is this is what I love about it. You know, fighting in the UFC and training with other people, you you get, you know, to know people and relationships that you normally wouldn't uh, outside of the MMA world. 100%, man. And your outlook is so great. And I hate to bring up sore things, but we're going to come full, cir full cir circle here and, and master it because the Greenville card where you headlined, you didn't get the result you wanted. You fought Pettis. And now Pettis is fighting on your card, man. Here in Vegas, he was a late addition and he's fighting here. He's got to fight. He, yes, man. He's going to fight. Yeah, man. I wanted to fight in Greenville, South Carolina. And it was kind of weird how that whole thing was set up. Like, I wonder why that fight with me and Pettis wasn't in Greenville, you know, it might've turned out differently, but you know, things happen and I ended up getting knocked out. Wasn't able to fight. <clears throat> um, I know the UFC wanted me to, but I just feel like I wasn't ready, you know, making sure everything up here is, it was nice and healed up and ready to go before I step back out there. But I was there for the fight. The fans loved it. Um, and yeah, Anthony Pettis is, he's fighting in Vegas. He's going to be rocking and rolling. And um, you know, it's, it's really cool because, you learn a lot about somebody after you fight them, like deeply. Um, I know it's kind of weird to say, and only fighters maybe can understand this, but, you know, when you're out there and, and, you're, and you're fighting somebody, you learn a lot about them, uh, where their spirit's at. You've seen guys out there in the fight game who are put in uncomfortable situations, and next thing you know, they're looking for a way out, you know? Uh, but then you fight guys who you're giving it their all. You're all. I mean, you've hit them with every shot. You've knocked him down. They still get back up and keep coming forward. Like, that's the kind of guy that I want to have, you know, to have my back in a, in a real situation. Like Vicente Luque and other fighters that I faced, you know, there's no giving up in those guys, man. And you learn a lot about, about people and their spirit, you know, how strong that spirit is, uh, which is pretty cool. I love it, man. And, and, and Anthony Pettis has got a very strong period. He's been in some tough situations, too. And uh, I mean, it, even during our fight, you know, I was, you know, beating him in the first round. I remember looking across to the other side of the octagon and seeing his nose was busted and bleeding and uh, there was no giving up, man. He ended up finishing me, which is cool, man. Hands, hands, um, hands of steel. God, that's the old Superman punch, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's all good. You know, I'm, I'm glad to see where he's at. And I learned a lot. Number one, that was like the biggest fear I've ever had. I've got close to. 90 something fights, you know, with kickboxing and MMA combined and never been knocked out. So that's, that was always a fear. And to be honest with you, it's not that bad. <laughs> I just woke up in the back, you know, not, a, I didn't have a headache or anything. And so, you were able to go on social media and talk about it too, from the hospital. I remember that. Yeah. You, yeah. You remember that? That was crazy. Yeah. Dad poking at me too. I was sitting there in the hospital chair, you know, telling everybody and all the fans that I was okay. But and my dad picking at me, yeah, man, you got knocked out by a smaller guy, too. I'm like, come on, dad, man. Come on. They keep you humble, you know? For sure.
Then in November, you bounce back with a win over Vicente Luque, kind of talking about your positive spirit, your mentality, and obviously being the nicest mother ever around. Um, is there anything that ever gets you mad, though? Um, I think Chris Wyman could, could tell you. There are very <laughs> few things that upset me. And one of them is people talking in a movie theater. If if I don't care if it's the previews or not. I was in Long Island. Me and Chris Weidman were there for camp. We were getting ready. We were both getting ready for fights. And I think this is the first time I've ever seen Chris Weidman uncomfortable. There was, uh, during the previews, there was some kids, you know, maybe in their 20s, just, just talking really loud behind me. And I'll turn around, just sitting there staring at him. And Chris Weidman looks at me like, Steven, it's okay, man. It's the previews. I'm like, dude. I want to watch the previews. I'm sitting there staring at these guys and we ended up talking, you know, back and forth with each other and nothing ended up happening, but that's one of my pet peeves, man. You know, I, I pay the money to get a cinematic adventure. That's what I want. You know and what I'm saying? Don't yeah. be talking in the movie theater. <laughs> These phones have killed movie theaters. I'm telling you, the kids texting, the calling, you know, whatever it is, 100%. social media, it's killed it. It's killed movie theaters. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Because you're one of those who watch, like, all the previews from the beginning, right? Like, make sure you're on time for the previews. Oh, yeah, 100%. I want to know what's coming out, you know? I'm a huge movie buff, and, 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 and especially during fight times, you know, when you're training for camp, you want to kind of, get your mind and lose yourself in another world that's the way to do it you go to the movie theater of course now they're not even open so i'm having a video game i i, I have my own twitch channel uh it's uh twitch.tv slash wonderboy faith i play video she games plays with her neighbor oh my gosh you play, you with, play with, with her neighbor, neighbor. Who's your neighbor? <laughs> he's, he lives downstairs, or he plays with your brother. His name's David. He's told me this. He's literally stopped me, and he's said, I play with Wonder Boy's brother. What? Yeah, and he's, he, yeah, I, it's a crazy story. We know you got your Twitch channel. We know you have your amazing YouTube channel. You're a YouTuber, by the way, Matt. You, yes, we call you, you a YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm, that's so cool, man. It's a small world, dude. And it's, 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 it's funny how, where the world has gone. Like, I, I have relationships, close relationships with people I've never met, you know? And it's and like, I know th certain things about that. If their mom or mom is sick, they're asking about my dog, you know, see if they're okay. You know, how, how's, you know, how's the family going? How's training going? And I've never even met these people. I've actually met a few of them at International Fight Week, which is pretty cool. We all got to hang out, but um, it's like you get these close relationships with people around the world that you've never met. And that's super cool. It's a small world that we play with your neighbor. Me and my brother, Evan, we play all the time. So, yeah, we probably end up playing together. We got the YouTube channel going on, yeah. which I didn't think we were just doing that for the fun of it. I didn't think it was going to blow up like I, like I, you know, like it is. But, um, you know, we were we started literally a year ago and we're at close to 300,000 subscribers at this point, having some fun with it. And um collabing with a lot of people uh and there again through that had some you know made some good relationships good friendships through it so i love it man i think it's really cool you guys are entertaining sweet tea your father yourself you guys you guys <laughs> can do it all man and i'm not surprised whatsoever and i remember when you were starting up that youtube channel and you're a great speaker you got a great personality and obviously you're one hell of a fighter so it all makes sense shmo that's an honor coming for you man i appreciate you Appreciate you, man. Well, I have to ask you this. I'd be stupid if I didn't, man. Uh, who do you want to see in the Ultimate Fighter? We haven't had it announced yet. 
If it was up to you, who would be the two guys in the Ultimate Fighter? And you can't say yourself, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Okay, like coaches, like coaching. It? Coaches, yes. I would love to see Stylebender against somebody. Um, uh, well, Stylebender's got a cool, pretty crazy. Oh, uh, so who else? Who'd so him versus Jan, uh, even though it's the that 205. That would be awesome, right? I know there's some beef there, him coming up, but Stylebender's got this persona about him, and and he's he's a good talker. He's an he's an athlete. He's into everything. This guy, I think he would be super cool on that on on the on the Ultimate Fighter series, being a coach for sure. Well, speaking of Stylebender, though, Marvin Vittori, who's obviously fought him before, he fought Jack this weekend. What did you think of that outcome of the fight and Marvin's performance? Um, I thought it was very good. I thought, you know, for for, for some reason, I, I had Hermanson um, winning that fight, uh, you know, before the fight happened. But he went out there and did some work, man, uh, which was funny because the Friday before I was on the UFC Twitch and we were talking with fans we were watching the you know those two fight and both very similar fighters and both have um you know submitted opponents with the same choke that guillotine that they get these guys like to do and i was wondering you know if one guy was going to submit the other with that same choke obviously it didn't happen but uh i figured hermanson was going to win it i know he was the the just from watching the fights the, the, the aggressor the more um aggressive fighter but man he surprised me for sure came out with the win man got his hand raised and now he could be fighting for a title next you never know and i know you've been paying attention to the uh the youtubers boxing i know you got a thing for jake paul man him uh him taking out i guess nate robinson and now he's got uh his brother is fighting floyd mayweather Man, what do you think of this whole thing, man? Boxing's a sport where the best fighters have not fought the best fighters, and they've opened themselves for business. I think Eddie Hearn was the first one uh, with the zone and everything, match from boxing, to allow these YouTubers to come in. Do you like this, man? Do you like these YouTubers entering boxing and getting the limelight here? Or do you think uh, boxing's just a broken sport? I mean, what's your take on this? Well, yeah. I mean, I think you have real boxers and then you have these guys that have retired coming out of retirement just to make a little money fighting these YouTubers, you know, but you got to hand it to these guys like Jake and Logan Paul. These guys are making some money. You know what I'm saying? They're Big making money. some money. So hats off to those guys. And they're, and they're young. They're in their 20s, maybe mid to late 20s. Um, they're making money. But at the same time, me being a, a fighter, it doesn't look too good about, you know, for these guys. It doesn't look too good for the for the for the you know the Floyd Mayweather's and guys like that taking on these guys. It's just um, I don't know. I don't see the the honor in it. I don't see the the uh, you know the honor in fighting guys who aren't at the same level. You know, I, you can make you can go out there and make it look like it, but I don't think these guys are going to. Um, yeah, it just doesn't make boxing look too good. You know, for me in in, in my eyes. Um, uh, it's just, it's become an inner, just another entertainment thing. Uh, you know, whatever fight has the most hype around it is one they want to go for it. It doesn't make, it doesn't have to make sense at this point. So, uh, so yeah, man, I, you know, hats off to the, to the Paul brothers, but you know, to me, I don't think there's any honor and glory in it, in that. Well, in the UFC world last week, Yoel, was, you know, he and the UFC parted ways. And then in the post-fight press conference, Dana White said that they're expecting about 60 more cuts. 
to the roster by the end of the year. Does that surprise you to hear that and the fact that Yoel is no longer in the UFC? Yeah, that surprised me because Yoel is a, is, a, is a popular guy. He's a tough guy. And he's lost some of the best guys in the world. I mean, look at the guys he's lost to. I mean, these guys are monsters. So <clears throat> it, it did. It did surprise me a little bit. Um, but, you know, they're, they're pushing this contender series, and they got a lot of guys coming in from that, um, which is why I think the UFC is so saturated with fighters at this point. So we'll see what the UFC does. We'll see who they cut. Um, if they're, if they're willing to cut Yo Romero, there's no telling who else they're going to, they're going to, they're going to cut, you know, and, um, it is what it is. The only thing you can do is move forward from it, you know, move on. I guess the, for me, if, if, if I'm not fighting for the UFC, you know, which I think is the best fighting promotion in the world, got some of the best, the best fighters in the world. Um, if it was me on the other end of that stick, if I was Romero, I, I would be done. I, I, you know, I got more things that I can do, like, you know, running the school and, of course, the YouTube, and which mean more to me than the fight game. I, I fight for the for the honor and the glory, and I love to compete, but my real love is teaching. So uh, my mind's already made up. As long as I'm fighting, I'm going to keep fighting and fight my behind off. But until then, you know, um, you know, got to give it my all, you know. I'll still be here teaching and um, still be a part of the martial arts. It's it's who I am. Absolutely. And I do follow you on Twitter and there's a huge debate lately, but I have to ask the nicest mother effer. Um, you've tweeted before that you think Habib is the number one ranked pound for pound, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on who you think the MMA go is. Wow. There's several of them out there, but for me, and this is just my opinion because he was my inspiration to switch from kickboxing to MMA. Spent a lot of time with this guy in Montreal. It would be George St. Pierre. That 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 would be mine just because um, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for him and his knowledge and his, uh, his uh, inspiration. So to me, it would be G GSP for sure. Fantastic. Wonder Boy, we really appreciate you coming on the Schmozone podcast. You are the man. We will be at your fight December 19th. I mean, where can everybody follow you if they don't already? And they should be. If you're not following Wonder Boy, you need to be following Wonder Boy. You got to be following me, guys. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Wonder Boy MMA. Uh, Facebook's just Stephen Wonder Boy Thompson. Go follow my Twitch and, and YouTube channel. YouTube channel, Stephen Wonder Boy Thompson. Schmo. You guys, I appreciate y'all, man. And hopefully we'll be able to chat uh, in Vegas. We'll see you there, my friend. We will see you in Vegas. We'll definitely chat. We'll see you at the weigh-ins. You are the man, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, on the Schmozen. We appreciate you. Yes, sir. You guys have a good one. You Thank too. You. Take care. He's the nicest guy. I know. I couldn't even cuss around him. I couldn't say nicest mother. I, I had to just at the very beginning. You could, but yeah. I could. Uh, he even touched on it. We were getting into it right before he came on. We we're getting into the YouTube boxers, the Jake Pauls, Logan Pauls. I like how he addressed it. You know, the honor thing and uh, couldn't have said it. You know, I, I kind of agree with him. It's an interesting era we're in right now. Exactly. A lot of change coming. A lot of change coming. Episode 45 of the Schmozone podcast. Final thoughts, Helen? Final thoughts is episode 45 already. It's been a interesting but decent year, we've done what we could. 
doing what we can. We're making it all happen. We appreciate you listening and tuning in. We'll try to make this as entertaining as possible. Going forward, we'll have some great guests coming up for the remainder of the month. This has been episode 45. We've only said it like six times. Only. Only. We are out. (laughs) 